is episode 23 of the husband and wife home birth chat. My name is Jenny Hatch and I am your host. I live in Boulder County in Colorado and last night we had another fire. This one didn't make as big of a mark as the ones a few months ago did, but it was amazing to me to watch and feel once more, how it felt to be on the edge. Many people in my community were triggered by all of the talk, and a large neighborhood had to be evacuated while the firemen came in and dealt with the fire that was very close to uh, the Colorado University um, South Campus. And so it was just nerve wracking to go through just a couple weeks after this huge Marshall fire that that just tore down a thousand buildings um, and have it once more just right there in our face. And every time there's something that happens like this that sends people out of their homes and just ups the the energy around preparedness, it's always a stark reminder to me of just how fragile our society is and how prone our infrastructures are to outside forces, whether they be weather events or war or the economy, what have you. It, it is really just such an interesting time to be a prepper, and I'm, I'm second-generation prepper, and living through these experiences that um, make you think. And so my thoughts today, as always, are dedicated to the little ones, the little people in our midst, the babies, the toddlers, and our children, and doing some prudent things to help them as we navigate these end times events. You know, the there's several messages that come screaming through the scriptures. And one is just that Jesus Christ is the Savior and Redeemer of the earth. That's number one. All the ancient prophets, all the modern prophets, all of Jesus Christ's contemporaries, his apostles, his disciples, his followers, witnessed to the divinity of Jesus Christ. But there was a second message that was almost as important as that first message, and it was, he's going to return as the Messiah. He's going to come back to the earth in his resurrected state, and he's going to live amongst us during a thousand-year period of peace. And the scriptures, all of the ancient prophets, they point to these last days. And if you Google the word watch, W-A-T-C-H, in the Bible dictionary to see how many times the word watch shows up, especially in the New Testament, it is hundreds of times that we as the, the followers of Christ, those who love the scriptures and read them and consider them just precious 
messages from our Heavenly Father through his prophets, they are telling us, watch, be aware, know the signs of the times, recognize that in these end times, before the Savior returns, it has been prophesied that we will have many upheavals with our economic systems, with wars and rumors of wars, with natural disasters, and all of these things are the birth pangs. They literally said the birth pangs, contractions, leading to this final event of our Savior appearing. And so I am someone who each time something happens, I get I get more excited and happy thinking, all right, we're one step closer to him coming back. And then the government will be on his shoulders. Isaiah told us he will be the source of goodness and sanity in this crazy world that we have. He will be the one who will be the lawgiver. And that's an exciting thing to contemplate when you consider all of the scandals amidst the governments of the world. And I see the things happening today in outing those who have preyed upon the world's children, especially, and those who have trafficked people and made so much money from the trafficking of children and just overall humanity, the enslavement of humanity and the money that that generates. Um, I just look forward to all of that being exposed. And the scriptures say that there will be no more secrets. These things shall be shouted from the housetops. And it's happening. Yesterday, there was another huge dump of Hunter Biden's laptop contents, particularly regarding his uh, deal-making in Ukraine. And did you know that? Did you hear that? Go look for it. Go see what's there. It's not pretty, but it needs to come out. And while these things are being exposed, I am someone who is so happy and excited that we are quickly approaching that great millennial day that was prophesied of by so many of the prophets. So my message, as always, to those who are here, is to do whatever you can to mitigate any potential problems that are coming your way. And it could be an you know, economic crisis. It could be a food crisis. It could be a natural disaster or what have you. And your job as a parent, as a mom, a dad, someone who may be expecting a baby, is to ground yourself in the truth that you may call for help or you may call and say, hey, we have a need here in our home for food. There's a baby coming. I'm giving birth. And there may not be anyone available to come help you. And so my message to you is to right now today, start thinking through the supplies that you would need to have in order to feed your children and help them with any minor medical needs and then how to give birth if you're pregnant. Think it through. Make some plans. Recognize that 
with all things in commotion in the economy and with the gas supply, that it might be a good time for you to just really detach yourself from those worldly structures that have been so carefully constructed to compel you, to entice you, to come use their services. And I'm just saying they may not be there for you for whatever reason. So the place to start is to put in a 72-hour kit. We call this a bug-out bag in prepper communities. And this is the supplies that you would need. These are the supplies that you would need should you have to evacuate your home. And most situations, if you need to leave your home and your home's still standing when you get back, it's about three days of supplies that you need to do that. And so we recommend MREs and meals that are just easy, pop-top lids on the cans, don't have to be reheated, granola bars are great, protein bars, and a couple cases of water. That's your bug out bag. You can also throw your important documents in there. Maybe make photocopies of all of your important documents just in case there's a fire. Maybe a a disc or a thumb drive of all of your precious photos, important documents, passports, social security cards, insurance. And then the next step is to put in a month's supply of food. And most people can afford to do this, especially if you just put in the foods that you would need to survive. I'm not talking the foods you buy every week that from your family budget, you're you're eating these normal foods every week. I'm talking about just the bare bones survival. A 25-pound bag of oatmeal, a 15-pound bag of flour, maybe a couple of boxes of mac and cheese, some salt, some cooking oil, a couple cans of tuna fish, just enough to get you through if you couldn't get to the grocery store. Most people can put in that month's supply of food. Then it's more tricky if you're dealing with problems with inflation and your money's not worth as much. It's more tricky to put in that three-month supply of food. But again, if you think about just the things you would need to survive, and lots and lots of people around the world live on beans and rice every day. These are your survival foods. Put in a couple bags of beans, a couple bags of rice. I know it would not be very fun to live on those beans and rice, but it can be done. And you will survive. And it's you're only talking like a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, depending on the size of your family. And then if you can go for that next step, which it took us years to get to this point, but we did get there. A year's supply of food, a two-week supply of water, a six-month supply of money to pay your basic bills, mortgage, whatever your bills are every month. This is a very comfortable place to be. And if you can get there and live in a home where you have your mortgage paid off, which the members of my faith starting 20 years ago, we were being told, pay off your mortgages. Get yourself out of debt, completely out of debt. Pay off your mortgages. What could the prophets of my faith see coming down the pike that would encourage them to give that counsel to the members of my faith? 
The reason why my people, the Mormon people, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, are your just we are the preppers out there is because we have these prophets who've counseled us since the Great Depression and even before then to do these pragmatic things to prepare for end times events, recognizing that the scriptures are true. These prophecies about the chaos in the last days, these prophecies are literally being fulfilled right now. And during a time when many people are sick and struggling and wondering what's around the corner, I'm here to tell you, you can do it. You can put in the supplies. You can change your thinking, flip your thinking to be more proactive and positive and just do the things that need to be done. If you have a, a space where you can put in a garden, do it. This is the time to do it. If you have the space to get a couple of animals, a milk cow, a couple of chickens, maybe a rabbit hutch, do it. Don't keep sleepwalking through this time saying, you know, well, nothing to see here, nothing to worry about. I, I'm always going to be able to go down to the grocery store and get whatever I need. No, the time is now to prepare yourself. And then you and your kids, your friends, your neighbors, your family, you can weather what others, whatever storms are on the horizon with confidence and an understanding that you've done everything you could to prepare and make certain that you don't have to hear the cries of hungry children in your home. Nobody should have to hear that. There's so much abundance. There's so much that the earth is willing to give back if we take care of it and nurture it. And this transition phase that we're in, I call it being at the intersection of Babylon and Zion. Zion. It is a scary time. It is a wobbly time when, when wealthy people are wondering if they're going to even have any money when poor people are wondering if they're going to be able to get any food. It is a scary time. But my message to you is that if you will think just basic survival, that is the key to helping yourself and your family. And if you'll click over to my website, my Substack is devoted to educating families on preparedness. And so many of my blog posts in my archives dedicated to educating moms on how to do more with less, how to do their own prenatal care, how to breastfeed a baby, how to give birth to that baby alone. This has been my work for the past 30 years. My books are devoted to this message, my videos, my podcasts. My goal has been to demystify childbirth and open up the floodgates of truth to let parents know that you can do these very difficult tasks and you you'll probably be healthier if you do so take that message to heart run with it do whatever has to be done this day 
to ease the burdens on your heart and on your mind. Say, yes, we can do this. And then go do it. (laughs) That's the difference between me and so many people who theorize about these things. I wanted to learn for myself how to create a child without anybody's help. And so I took on the task of learning how to do my own prenatal care, which it's so common sense. You take care of yourself. You stay hydrated. You nourish yourself with the best food you can buy. You exercise and you get enough rest. How much more common sense could it be than to do those things and think, yeah, this is going to be the way that I create a healthy child. But it's the truth. It's the kernel of truth. The birth is more challenging. There are many skills you need to learn and issues in your own thinking. Fear, fear-based programming from the media, from the culture, 200 years of believing the only way to do this is with lots and lots of medications. I'm here to tell you it can be done without any medications. It can be done quite happily without any medications. And then I think the most challenging task of all is breastfeeding a baby without any supplementation. There's just a lot to overcome in terms of changing your own personal habits, understanding what foods you need to eat to make the most milk, the best milk. There is more effort in teaching farmers what to feed their cows to make the best milk than there is in teaching new moms about the diet they need to eat to make the best milk for their babies. And that is a travesty. There should be this huge effort to educate moms. They shouldn't have to be doing it, teaching each other. That's what it is right now. We teach each other. But there should be scientific and serious research done by all the institutions that so many of our tax dollars pay for to prove to the young women of the world, this is what you need to eat to make the best milk, to grow the healthiest and the most beautiful baby. Instead, our institutions, so much of their science is dedicated to teaching families how to more efficiently kill their children in the womb or prevent their children with birth control or the new and better birth control device for men. They have this new pill for men to kill their sperm. And so much of the the scientific work is about how can we kill and sterilize the maximum number of people with the least amount of effort with the most profit given to the drug industrialists and their scientists. This is a travesty. Our scientific efforts should be focused on how to make life better and more beautiful and happy for the families of the world. So again, my message is to you moms and dads, put in the supplies, make the purchases. If you have to sacrifice something, a car, a trip, a vacation, so you can do these things, do it. Do it right now. If there was any year to do it, it's now, it's today. 
So thanks so much for stopping by. I hope everyone has a great week. And I look forward to talking to some of you in future shows to hear updates on what you've done to prepare. Have a great week.